Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Mom, I'm done with my this is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. Time to talk football as we do every day at this time with Wyman and Bob and bring in the professor, John Clayton. If you guys have questions for John, text those questions in right now. 206-421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. Try to get to some of your questions before we let him go for the day. Hello, John. Hello, guys. The band is back together. Dave Wyman is back from vacation, John. He's made it back from his uh, chariot of death. uh, From (laughs) Chariot (laughs) of death. no, it's, it's conveyor belt con- to death. The, the conveyor belt to death, yes. Or, go- or God's waiting room. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, well. yeah. John, did you get the video I sent you? Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch it, though. John, it's like three seconds long. Oh, is that? Okay. What'd you send him? Or I sent him, I sent because I said, yeah, I'm going to the conveyor belt and, you know, to death, and that there's always like three, four sirens going mm-hmm. every day, and I'm like, oh, there goes another one, you know, and I'm just <laughs> waiting in line. And so I got a video of our... Um, our back porch is right on a uh, a tee box. Okay. So I have these two, two elderly gentlemen that are walking. You can't walk slower than they were walking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah. were sort of shuffling in, and I was like, I told him and Graz, I'm like, see? There we go. That's <laughs> going to be me. Yeah. It's going to be me here pretty soon. Uh, the beauty was they weren't holding up anybody's play because everybody behind them was just as slow, right? Everybody was slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody was nice. slow there. I like that Clayton didn't have time to watch a video that was like three seconds. Well, I mean, again, it didn't specify it was three seconds. He I was, said, uh, John, I said, this is what I was talking about. Yeah. The conveyor belt to death. Yeah, because I'm thinking the conveyor belt is going to be going a long time. <laughs> Clayton is so busy, he can't watch a three-second video. All right, next time I'll tell you how long it is. Okay. So, John, what do do we make? We're seeing reports, whether they're true or not, that Odell Beckham Jr. has narrowed his list to three teams, and the Seahawks are not one of those Mm -hmm. three. So do you think they're out of it? Do you buy those reports? Where do you think we're at with this whole thing? I pretty much buy the reports. Now, the question is, is he willing to go to Green Bay and play for the minimum salary? That, to me, is a little bit of a surprise. Which would be what, again, by the way, John? For him, uh, for him let's see. What's he been in the league? Uh, this 2014. Is this is his eighth year. season. Okay, so it'd probably be you know, nine, uh, yeah, 9.75, something like that. So prorated over the, yeah, the final yeah, yeah. nine games. Yeah, no, 9.90 would it be. Because, again, I don't think he's at that stage where he can get to the 1075, so it would be 990. Now, you know, they have $3.8 million of cap room right now in Green Bay. They only have about 800000 uh for New Orleans, so that could be a little bit of an issue right there. But, I mean, to me, New Orleans, even though they don't have a good quarterback, might be the best fit. Mm. And the reason I say that is because, uh, you know, you, you saw how – bad they were at wide receiver they don't get mike thomas back for the rest of the year i mean alvin kamara's their leading pass receiver and it's just it's brutal to think what's going on with that group right now and so i mean he would have his best chance because obviously as much as he wants to play for this year you know he's trying to get in a position to get money for next year and so uh you know, you know, Seattle could be in the mix because they could pay him a little bit more than any of the other teams that he's interested in. But right now, doesn't look too good. And again, Green Bay at the minimum salary. I mean, that's that's you know, because again, you like to bid get the offset. I mean, he's able to because we haven't seen exactly what they did with this contract. All right, John. So for people that were on the conveyor belt, yeah. to death for death. a while there. So, <laughs> well, no, take us through like how things deteriorated with OBJ and and with whatever. 
is going on there, what would make teams most hesitant to sign him? Well, I mean, you know, early uh, in the early Baker Mayfield days, uh, even before Baker Mayfield, I mean, you could just see him acting up on the sidelines, you know, getting into fights, but not fights, but uh, arguments with teammates and just being more disruptive than anything else. You got in a fight with that punter's net, too, right? <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, yeah he, he got, that, that net hasn't messed with him since. That's net, right. I yeah, you the net got the best of OBJ, him. OBJ, you don't, want him, don't mess with that guy. Uh, so it's like, uh, you know, so that, that, and then, of course, as, you know, Baker Mayfield continued to try to grow as a quarterback, they, they just didn't have any chemistry together. Mm-hmm. And you can just see they probably didn't like each other. I mean, his catches kept on dropping down. His targets kept on dropping down. And he got sick of it. Mm. How would you see him fitting in with the Chiefs? That's the other team that, that was listed. And they've got, obviously, Tyreek Hill. They've yeah. got Kelsey. They brought in Josh Gordon. I don't know what's going on with Gordon out there. Has he been a disappointment, and they're looking to replace him, or what, how does he fit there if he were to go to, there? To me, again, you know, he 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 has that track speed that they're looking for, but yeah, as far as his him being a target, I don't think it'd be any different than him coming to Seattle, where he would be the third target, because you know they're not going to shy away from you know. Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, and Hardman. You know he can maybe take a little, a few snaps away and a few targets away from Hardman. But uh, you know, in the end, I think that uh, they're pretty well loaded at the receiver position right now. And so I don't know how much of a good fit that is, other than the standpoint that you get Patrick Mahomes and a chance to maybe you know see if they can bounce back and go to the Super Bowl. Well, Bob brought this up. I thought it was an interesting question. Is is the receiver group here in Seattle maybe the the strongest part? of this team i'm trying to think of another group mm-hmm. position group you know yeah uh i mean safety safety maybe safety maybe yeah, yeah. but i mean yeah so why would you why would you want to do that if you were if you were seattle well you know and again I, i've come full around on that because uh you know i'm because <clears throat> my thought was okay is this going to be a percy harvin pain in bringing this guy in but you know he spent some time this off season with Russell Wilson. That's to his benefit and to the benefit of the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. You know he uh, has speed. I mean you know you put Beckham and his talent with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. You have the best three receiver group in the NFL without question. And then you know you only have to put up with him for nine weeks. <laughs> I mean because again it's like uh, yeah. you know he's gone after the season. Now again if you make the playoffs it'll be a few weeks, week or two into that. But it's then and then you know. He, if he does well, or even if he doesn't do well, you know he's going to be signed someplace else, and you can get a pretty decent compensatory pick. Well, and Bob made the good point, I thought, too, that uh, all kinds of good points for Bob today. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing we should, we're not keeping Where's score. Where's the grease board? I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. keep track. No, but um, you're kind of auditioning for next year if yeah. you're him, so you're probably going to get his best behavior. Oh, yeah, I agree. So. And, and again, I think that he can get along with Russell Wilson. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, Antonio Brown got along with Tom Brady. Didn't get along with the Raiders. We know that. He and Mike Mayock uh, didn't hit it off too well. Uh, but in the end, it's like, uh, you know, he got together with Brady and it worked out. And again, I just think it makes the offense better. And, you know, if you can, you know, if you obviously, I, I think I was even thinking that it wouldn't have been a bad idea to put the waiver claim in on for $7.25 million. But, mm. you know, nobody did. And now he's out there and he's going to take some time to sort it out. But, you know, if I'm Seattle, I'm still trying to talk it up and trying to see if there's a number that he could be satisfied with to come here. Well, and John, one of the other things we brought up is that, you know, and this came up with the Stefan Gilmore yeah. deal where everybody just assumes, first of all, they're always in on every deal. Yeah. yeah no matter what. Yeah. But everybody just assumes that 
everyone out there would want to come to here here to Seattle. And mm-hmm. you know, like in the case of Stephon Gilmore, his home is in Carolina and everything. But just you know, objectively, because you're 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 objective. What how where do you think Seattle ranks as far as desirable franchises in the NFL? I think pretty well. I mean, the only problem is, I mean, sometimes it may be hard for somebody who grew up in the southeast or somebody uh, who's in the east, you know, to want to move all the way west coast. But again, it's like it's a winning franchise. And I mean, you can see that uh, you come here, it's a good environment for all the players. They it's, spare no expense with their no expense, uh, right? facility. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, a, I think it's a good situation. John, what what is your take on this Dalvin Cook situation, which doesn't sound good? I've seen some pictures that that sort of uh, conflict with his version of mm-hmm. the events. Uh, he, he's given the classic, the truth will come out. We hear that about everything oh, yeah. that ever happens off the field. But, you know, we, we his agent got out in front of it. They put out the story, hey, we, we're the victim here. He's the victim here. But then some I can't remember who I saw on Twitter, which reporter released the video, not video, but pictures of the woman, uh-huh. um, which are pretty damning in the text that went along with it. So what what is your takeaway on this whole thing? Yeah, it doesn't look good. I mean, it, uh, I don't know if it's going to have to wait until it gets to the courts or anything like that. But, I mean, you have to think that he's going to be up for a possible suspension. You know, because, again, the one thing is, you know, the commissioner wisely is not taking to uh, domestic abuse uh, for the players and going against them, which is wise. And so, I mean, you can see that this thing could, you know, unravel pretty quickly. Hey, John, I I sort of missed the whole Cassius Marsh thing and everything. But um, he was always such a nice kid. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I always thought, you know, and I remember him doing – that celebration mm-hmm. a number of times so yeah i'm just yeah, give me a, give me a little recap on that anything happened since then is there going to be <clears throat> what kind of fine is it first of all mm-hmm. for the taunting thing i think it's like 15,000 something like that uh 15 16,000 and it's so not too bad. no but again it's like you know, the big thing is it was involved in costing them a game and again it just shows you how bad the taunting rule is and you know Walt Anderson from who's now supervising the officials in the league, is standing by it, protecting all the officials and you know, allowing them to do it. Mike Tomlin, of course, uh, was one of the advocates on the, on the uh, competition committee that they should do this. I think John Harbaugh was an advocate. And again, I just think it's wrong. I just think that, uh, you know, like, you know, what was it? Uh, you know, he does the dance, right? He looks to the uh, Steeler bench, and then I guess he was singing some, I don't know, it was Danish or Denmark type of song or something like that when he was doing the dance. And I don't know, maybe uh, the official took offense to the, uh, uh, the, the, the nationality that he was singing with. But again, it's like he wasn't doing anything to, uh, you know, advocate any kind of fight with a Seahawks, I mean, with a uh, Steeler. All he was doing was just celebrating a sack or sal- and a good play. Well, and then they didn't throw the flag until he had turned his back to the Steelers' sideline and was jogging back to his sideline, and then he got hip-checked by the ref, and then the ref threw the flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like he drew the foul. Yeah, it's exactly right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I'm surprised he didn't flop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That was a punk move, John. Yeah, Yeah, no doubt. I mean, but, uh, yeah, I I just think it's it's out of control. I, I don't like it. I wish it would go away. It's not going away. And they're they're standing by all these, and may pick even pick it up a little bit more. Well, it sounds like you you from the very beginning were saying I don't think it's going away, but it sounds like you're starting to see or think that it's sillier and sillier. As oh it yeah, goes on. yeah. Because again, it's like uh, you you it's like for example, uh, like on the DK Metcalf, you know when he uh, you know tried to climb the uh, the goalpost, right? 
Mm-hmm. Last I checked, the goalpost is not going to get injured or fight back with him. Or it's get not, its feelings hurt. You know, or get its feelings hurt. I mean, you know, first off, it doesn't have any legs. I mean, it's a goalpost. <laughs> and then secondly, uh, you know, it's like, and it's, but, oh, no, it's taunting because, you know, it's, it's some uh, object that's there, and he's grabbing it and doing this stuff. It's like, give me a break. Yeah, I mean, they you know, said it was a prop. Yeah, a prop. And it's like, it's like I thought we got away from this because remember how many years, and I think, uh, I don't know if Bob did and Dave, if you all did too, but I kept on complaining about the no fun league. You know, because yeah. it didn't allow mm. you know too much celebration in the end zone, and then finally they broke that down, and it became entertaining, you know, or at least to a certain degree. I mean, again, you can have you know the players you know go in the end zone that look like they're taking a snapshot sure. uh, picture, and that's watch. all fine. Yeah, they can they can do you know some kind of a dance in the end zone. There was the bowling thing where yeah, they, yeah, they can the do pens. all that. Get everybody involved. It's all good fun, but don't don't do anything to. Uh, Vice Sikahema would would have a tough time in the league this th- these days, wouldn't he? Remember he used yeah. to go go use it as a heavy Punch bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what about what about Billy White shoes Johnson? Yeah, he'd, he'd just get up dance, on his toes, right? right? Yeah, I mean, he would do the dance, but, I mean, he would take his knees so wide that he almost, you know, got himself on the ground when he did it. But, I mean, it was just a great dance. <laughs> and it's like, but then, you know, the No Fun League wanted to t- start taking those things away. Well, and the, th- the hypocritical part of the NFL, and look, I yeah. love the NFL. It's been part of my life pretty much my whole life. But, yeah. But, you know, they will turn around and sell their product showing those clips. Yeah. Yeah, I'll never forget when, uh, you know, they had the, remember the crunch course of the mm-hmm. NFL? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that was like one of the greatest videos of all time. And then, you know, now all of a sudden they start penalizing those kinds of things. I feel like they still benefit from it. That's, they just need a little bit of a hypocrisy check there. Yeah, and then, of course, I mean, how about the, for the couple, two, three years that we'd have the Chad Johnson uh, creativity in oh, some yeah. of the things. Oh, yeah. And then they <laughs> try to take those away. I mean, the only thing that was so different about Chad Johnson is that he had to go into the locker room about two minutes or three minutes before the half because all he would eat would be McDonald's and nothing that was wrong with McDonald's. But again, you know, he would end up, uh, you know, getting dehydrated and stuff like that and have to get a little bit of hydration. And so, and again, that's not a knock at McDonald's or anything like that. It's just that, uh, you know, he's he, he wasn't like so many of the players nowadays that you know eat the right things you know go on veg diets and things of that nature i mean he was on a complete mcdonald's diet yeah what's the matter with those guys trying to eat so healthy i know what are they trying to prove <laughs> i know it's a mcdonald's hey mm-hmm. john you alluded to this and i think the news came out maybe shortly after we spoke yesterday that the green bay packers were fined three hundred thousand dollars as an organization and aaron Rodgers. One of those goofy odd mm-hmm. number fourteen thousand three hundred and six or whatever. Yeah, six hundred and twenty-five. I think fourteen. Yeah. 625. It, it, oh, lesson learned, right? I mean, yeah. I think that that'll teach him. Oh yeah, yeah. Again, I think they got off easy because again, it's like uh, you know now we find out that uh, even though in Green Bay, and I, I have no problem, you know, having been in that press room in Green Bay, and uh, the, you know the podium is far enough away from the. Uh, you know, reporters and most of the reporters don't sit in the first two rows and all that stuff that he didn't need to have it. But now he has to have a uh, mask anytime he has a press conference. And so, you know, and of course, you know, we, uh, he had the Halloween party where there's more than 15 people and they were caught not wearing a mask. And who knows how many violations he had, you know, in, in the uh, facility because he did have a bunch of probably a violations, but 
I think they got off easy. Because well, they, but they said in the report, in a, it, it lined up with what you were saying, that yeah. any further violations could either alter their draft position mm-hmm. or they could lose draft picks. Right. Because that's what they did to the Raiders, you know, for you know the parties that uh, the players would go to. In fact, that one charity party that uh, they had, and then uh, that nobody was wearing a mask. And then New Orleans, you know, they they end up, they're having a draft choice taken away this year. And so, yeah, it's it's a situation that's not very good and one that you have to be concerned about. But overall, I mean, you can see that the you know it's like uh, you know I, 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 at the moment at three hundred thousand dollars and no draft choices, I think they got off easy. Professor, we were talking a little bit about the tight ends, and I don't know if that's something that that stood out to you, but Bob and I have been kind of complaining about it. Mm -hmm. Um, For two years now. (laughs) Well, yeah, (laughs) really. I mean, 17% of the targets of the top five targets. So, you know, here in Seattle it goes Lockett, Metcalf, uh, Swain, then Everett and Disley, and those two have 29 targets, which of of the top five, it's only 17%. And we're going back and we're looking at, you know, we're looking at um, years past with the Rams, um, you know, uh, 27%, 30%. Is that something that has kind of stood out to you, like the the targets there? I mean, I guess last week or two weeks ago, uh, technically, Mm -hmm. they got the ball to to Lockett and Metcalf. And and that was something that needed to be done because Lockett's – targets were down like 40 percent from the year before after seven games and but now all of a sudden you know you go okay now let's get the tight ends involved it just seems like you know they have high catch ratio and and that they uh it's just an easier throw and i don't know it's just uh to me i feel like that's something i think bob does too that maybe might uh jump start get this uh get this offense going yeah but i mean that's why you know the beckham thing would be good for seattle if they can get them because you know part of the problem is how bad they are on third down because uh, you know they have a low percentage of conversions on third down, and that, because of that, I mean they're all, they're having only averaging like about what fifty fifty six fifty seven plays a game, and so consequently, if you only have that few plays, and I think right now their average is throwing like twenty seven and a half passes a game, and you know most of those passes obviously are going to go to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and you know it's going to shut out the tight ends to a certain degree, and really, I mean if you go back, you know because I mean we can go back and forth and argue and debate who has the best wide receiver duo. Is it Seattle or is it Tampa Bay with Chris uh, Godwin and Mike Evans? You know, because you look at the percentages there and the tight ends were in the same boat in Tampa Bay, you know, and, uh, with, even though it was Ron, uh, Rob Gronkowski. You know, they just didn't necessarily get the ball to them after they started getting into a rhythm, uh, Brady did, with the two wide receivers. And that's just the nature. When you, you know, target two wide receivers over 120 passes a season, I mean, uh, and you're only, in the case of Seattle, you're not getting the third down conversions. You're only getting 27 and a half passes a game. You can see where the numbers are going to be down. John, the 509 asking if you have a favorite in the AFC right now. No. I mean, right now it's so wide open. I mean, you know, basically, you know, particularly with Buffalo, you know, losing to Jacksonville and having a couple bad weeks. I mean, there's no favorite. I think what it comes down to is that you you now – in the a in the AFC, you have 12 teams with winning records. I remember going into uh, the preseason and predicting I had 11 potential playoff teams. I didn't anticipate that Cincinnati 
was going to have a winning record. But when you look at it, it's wide open right now. And so, and it's just one where, I mean, you look at the big picture and you say, well, hey, it's uh, let's just play it out. But I don't have a favorite. I mean, I still, I still lean toward Tampa Bay in the NFC because yeah, I, I still think they're good. But again, with Kansas City being down, and uh, but again, you got 12 teams right now competing for playoff spots. All right, Professor, uh, how about the AFC North? Mm-hmm. And uh, how, how would you rank, I guess, the, the bottom part? Because it looks like, you know, the, the Ravens are 6-2. and two. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, as far as uh, Cincinnati and Cleveland, there's been kind of some, some up and down there. And especially, man, you look at, uh, you look at um, I'm sorry, uh, Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, they're at Baltimore. Huge win. Mm-hmm. Brutal loss at the Jets. And then, you know, they got a 25-point whooping put on them at Cleveland. It seems like they're they're kind of on the on the downslide. Where would you rank them? Are they last in no, the AFC no, North? No, no. I mean, right now in the AFC North, I, th- I still I still would take them over Cleveland or over Cincinnati. You know, because again, you know, Cincinnati maybe they're starting to uh, you know fault a little bit to where they are. But of course, I mean, the one thing uh, is that uh, you know injuries are playing such a big role in Cleveland. I mean, they lose their right tackle for the rest of the season. You know, Nick Chubb is going to miss this game because of COVID-19, and that puts them down to their third-string running back. And you know, you know how important it is for Baker Mayfield to have the running game. So yeah, I mean, they're they're dropping, and it's a, in part because of injury. John, we appreciate it. We'll talk tomorrow. All right, sounds good. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. It is Washington Wednesday, so the question is, what is next for Jimmy Lake and UW? We'll talk about that next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.